The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is called Infinite Potential. Basically, we are going to be talking about this wonderful book by Lothar Schaefer, called Infinite Potential, What Quantum Physics Reveals About How We Should Live. And I just love this book. I had first read about it in the Science of Mind magazine, and then um, I got a hold of it, and I've been reading it now. I'm not quite done with it, but I really love it. And I, I was intrigued by the fact that Deepak Chopra, who I've done some training with, wrote the foreword. And then there's this wonderful testimonial by Larry Dossey, M.D., who um, also is uh, very much into spirituality, but this is what he says. When quantum physics emerged in the 20th century, many of its grand architects believed it held valuable lessons for how we lead our lives. In Infinite Potential, Dr. Lothar Schaefer shows why. What emerges is not just a beautiful expression of modern physics, but a powerful bridge that connects science, psychology, and spirituality. One cannot be a proper citizen of the 21st century without an awareness of the lessons in this gem of a book. And I thought that was fascinating because I've been reading so much about the connection between as a science and spirituality. And, and this is just a wonderful book. So let me tell you a little bit about our famous and exciting guest. Uh, we are going to be interviewing in a few minutes Dr. Lothar Schaefer, who was born in Düsseldorf, Germany, and he became a U.S. citizen in 1978. And he graduated, I think it's from Gora's Gymnasium um, in Düsseldorf, Germany. I think that's how you pronounce it. And he went to the University of Munich, and then he got his Ph.D. there as well, and he's a professor he also uh, was a NATO postdoctoral fellow at the University of Oslo, Norway, and a research associate at Indiana University in Bloomington, and assistant professor at the University of Arkansas, and then a full professor at the University of Arkansas, and then the Edgar Wortham Distinguished Professor of Physical Chemistry at the University of Arkansas. He did that from 1989 to 2011, and then he retired from the University of Arkansas in 2011, and he is the author of another book called Search of Divine Reality, Science as a Source of Inspiration, 
and he's a distinguished professor emeritus of physical chemistry at the University of Arkansas. So we're so glad to have you join us, Lodar. Well, before I say anything else, Mary, i like to thank you, and I'm very much honored that you are interested in me and want to talk to me. Oh, yeah, and I'm just... I'm really excited about this book. It, I always love it when we have a, a real scientist that can blend all of the, you know, the, the psychology and, and the physics and all of this together. This is just fascinating stuff for me. Yes. So, you know, it, it really is. Yes, and, uh, but this is perhaps not <clears throat> the typical reaction because Many people say, you know, when I talk to them, like in a party or so, they say, quantum phenomena, well, I don't think I can understand them, and why should I be interested? And I say, look, everybody can understand them, certainly the way, you know, I write about it, and you should understand them because in order to live a happy life, you have to live in accordance with the order of the world. And to do that, you have to understand that order, and you cannot understand it fully without the phenomena of quantum physics. Yes, and, and there, is, there is this divine order, which I truly believe, and then you put it together so beautifully in this book. Yeah. So let's um, talk about, you know, maybe my audience. Now, we're sitting here, just to let you know, we are on the campus of the University of California, Irvine, but we are also right in the middle of Orange County, California. So we've got business people driving by. We've got yeah. our own little, um, you know, areas of, of science here. And so let's let's talk, first of all, by what do you mean by quantum physics so everybody knows what we're talking about. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> um, it is the new kind of physics that started in 1900. Before 1900, uh, since Newton and Galileo, the, the realm of physics is called classical physics. And quantum physics has been a revolution. It has led to a completely new view of the world. You can say that Newton's physics was materialism. Everything was explained in terms of moving material particles. And the particles were eternal. Uh, Newton said God created them forever. And now everything was, was material particles. Everything is made up of these particles. And if you look around you, what do you see? Well, you see things. You see stuff. So it seems to make sense. But Newton also said... The particles are eternal, but they, they are not eternal. You know, I've sometimes said it like this. The visible world is maya. It's a system of illusions. Um, you look at the world, it tells you something about what the world is like, but it also misleads you. So, you know, when you look around and see things, yes, you see something that is there, but when Newton said God in the beginning formed matter in solid, massy, hard, impenetrable, movable particles, so very hard as never to wear or break in pieces, he was wrong. Because, and here is quantum physics, it says, 
elementary particles, atoms, electrons, molecules, they aren't lasting. When you put them in a vacuum, when you take a single particle, say an electron, you put it in a vacuum, it becomes a wave. It makes a transition into a new state. In that state, it isn't anymore a particle. It has no mass. The wave spreads out in space. That means that what was a particle doesn't have a specific position in space, but many potential positions. Mm. And now when you think about that, everything that you can see is somewhere. It, it, it assumes a specific space in a specific place in space. You cannot be nowhere. So elementary particles, when they're on their own, they leave the empirical world. Hmm. That, that is one consequence of quantum physics. And um, you, you see how immense that is. Okay, so they become a wave. Out of this wave, the particle can pop out again. Hmm. But it's unpredictable where and it's unpredictable when. Okay, this so what is, what is that, that, what is that kind of... ...of quantum physics to believe that the background of the world is a realm of forms. The particle has become a form, a non-material form, perhaps a wave form. The waves are hanging together like water waves in an ocean, and from there arose the, the, the feeling that reality is wholeness. And the waves, they're not matter, not energy. What are they? They are patterns. They are patterns of information. In other words, there's a background of information. And then some people said, excuse me, information is usually meant for some mind. There's a cosmic realm of information. Does it mean there's a cosmic mind? Mm, right. so you see how giant that is. Before 1900, in the era of classical physics, classical science, everything was material. Right. In 1900, you could not believe in science, have a religious faith, and be logically consistent. Now that completely changed. It is possible to have some spiritual faith and be in agreement with physics. And that, that's, so, that's the amazing part. One of so, the changes. Yeah. <clears throat> and you can see that it is, that it is giant. It's a, it's a great change. Um, there, there is something very nice about, um, about our language. It, it washes our brain. When I say things like, well, there's a realm of forms. It is real. It exists. It is in an invisible part of the world. People say... You must be kidding. One of the reasons why we are like this is, I say, our language washes our brain. For example, what is the root of this word, word matter? Maybe, maybe I'll ask you, and you can try, or maybe, what do you think? The, the root of the word matter? It's a, is yeah, it's a, it's a Latin word. Uh -huh. The Latin word is mater. It means mother. Mm. Our language tells us matter is the mother of it all. Mm. What do you say when something is unimportant? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> that, 
meaning if it isn't matter, it's unimportant. Right. Uh, what do you well, say? it's like the word. They say that um, God said the word, and and then the world was created. Or people yeah. talk about your your words create your reality. Right. 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 Like creative about, visualization. What you what you and, think good, and, and say. That's a good extension of this. Very good. What do you say? Um, Are you grading me on this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you say when something is empty? Let's say you have a box that's empty. What do you say? Uh, there, there is nothing, no, nothing. there. No yeah. thing. Yeah, no thing, right. You see, um, there's so many things like the word reality. Where does it come from? It comes from the Latin word res, thing. Mm-hmm. The English language has no other word for reality. And here's something interesting. In the German, word, German language... There are two words. One is the same. It's called realität. You can hear that it comes from right, the, right, like, like uh, yeah. reality. Yeah. The second one is called Wirklichkeit. It also means reality, but it has nothing to do with things. It means when something can act on you, it is real. Mm. And now, I think you know it is no accident that in the English language range, where there is this one word for being real, namely being stuff, the most powerful formulations of materialism were developed. That's Newton's physics, you know, I said earlier, it's materialism, and it is Darwin's biology. Darwin entered Newton's materialism into biology and in his theory of evolution, having or not having stuff is the essence. Now you say that um, that Darwin was wrong, so why don't you tell us about his error? Okay, <clears throat> in a way I have, I have developed um, a new theory of evolution. First of all, there's no doubt that there's evolution, I mean... Right, we see it, right. Yeah, and... I'm sorry, you know, people who reject it for religious reasons, that doesn't work. Right. It's evolution, but I don't think the driving force of evolution is the adaptation of life forms to their environment. No, it's the adaptation of our mind right. to increasingly complex forms in the cosmic realm of forms. Mm-hmm. We can we can understand more and more complex concepts that people could not understand earlier. And the concepts develop. For example, um, in, you know, in, in quantum physics, um, the, the, electrons, the electrons in atoms, they are formed. Mm-hmm. Schrodinger's quantum physics is the only physics that we have that can understand the properties of atoms and molecules. Right. And as you know, the atoms contain electrons. The electrons in in Schrodinger's mechanics, as it is called, don't have units of matter or energy. They are just numbers. They are forms. They are patterns of information. When two molecules meet, their informations mix, 
and they find out whether it leads to a more stable state, then they make a molecule, or it doesn't, then they stay alone. So the electrons are forms, not material things. You know, it reminds me, uh, I think it's fascinating, there was an article recently how foxes were made domestic, and when these foxes were made domestic, their whole um, body structure changed because their the way they were thinking, even, you know, not even just humans, but yeah. the, they evolved and changed because of their environment and, and the thoughts that they had and the brain power that they had, that they actually changed physically. So... I mean, at my low level of not being a scientist, it's just like when we're thinking different, we start to look different. We start to act different. And as we get smarter, I mean, we we do start to change. And and, right? Okay, now to finish this thought, here's this thing in Schrodinger's quantum mechanics the electrons are numbers. You know? Yeah. Pythagoras, 400, 500 before Christ, he already said. All things are numbers. Right. And, and Plato, you said, real atoms, they aren't things, they are ideas. Like, right. Like forms. Right. Now, here we can, first of all, it's the same, it's, it's the same principle that quantum physics expresses. At the same time, you see how the principle has evolved. Namely, yes, in quantum physics, electrons are, are numbers, but we can do much more with this concept. We, you know, it's the basis for developing electronics and, and all these things. The idea evolved. It is the same idea, but it evolved. And yes. so I think evolution is primarily not evolution of bodies, right. but evolution of minds, and it has the same effect. Because the order of our thoughts that come to our mind come out of the cosmic realm in the same way as the order of the, of the material things come out in the empirical world. So how do you think we're going to change? Not because we look at it mm-hmm. and then we make experiences, and I think psychologists agree with that, um, but we already have a model of the world in us. Mm-hmm. And that's why we understand what we see. That kind of cosmic consciousness, huh? Well, okay, you see, um, not, to, <laughs> not to run the risk that people say, that guy is crazy, but it is really not my idea. Arthur Stanley Addington is a prominent physicist uh, got a Nobel Prize, lived early part of the last century. And he said, you know, sometime it occurred to him that he said, when we make a measurement in physics, then the, the results make sense because our instruments, they are connected with a meaningful background. For example, when you look in the sky and you see a light dot run around, it makes sense because you know the background. It's a, the planets revolving around the sun. Right. And then he said, the problem with atoms is there is a visible background, but we don't know what is going on behind. Mm. 
Hmm. And he said, that is like a brain. You can see all kinds of activities on the surface of the brain, but you don't know what the mind behind it is thinking. So he said, or wrote, let's think the two together and say the background of atoms is mind-like. Hmm. Mind is a cosmic principle. Divine mind. Pardon? Divine mind? Well, yeah, or just the mental, and then, of course, you can say, well, if it is a cosmic principle, then, you know, verbatim he said, the stuff of the world is mind stuff. That's one. Another one he said, uh, the universe is of the nature of a thought or sensation in a universal mind. Right. Isn't that beautiful? It is beautiful. And that universal mind may be considered divine mind or spiritual mind or whatever you want to call it, but it is this, this, as I hear you saying it, it's this oneness, this connection. It's a huge thing. And this theory doesn't tell you uh, now you have to be a Baptist or, or Catholic or Christian or Muslim. Right. Oh, but it makes religion possible. Yes. And... In the materialistic worldview of classical physics, that was not possible. I think we talked earlier that in 1900, you could not have a religion, believe in science, and right. be logically consistent. Right, it was one or the today, other. Mm -hmm. You can. I yes. might even turn around and say, today when you look at the new physics mm -hmm. and the way it suggests a mind-like background... It is, it is logically not consistent not to have some beliefs that traditionally were called religious. Yes. So Not, not so, you know, specific teachings of... Right, but, but that there well, is a no, higher people, power. There, there is that... like that. Yeah, there is a higher power. Or very, there very is important. Some, yeah, yeah. Many people have told me, wow, you know, for a part of my life... Um, I was an atheist, and I was proud of it. And now, yeah, students in my class, they, they, they could make anonymous comments, and they wrote things that, wow, that class scared me. Now I find thoughts in myself I never thought would be possible. Right, right. So, you know, it was a, was a wonderful thing. I, I had a class on this. So, <clears throat> Let me ask you, um, when, you know, in the past, they said that science had nothing to do with ethics also. So how how is it that you say that then can you can you show that science and ethics are really connected to Yes uh, I think necessarily so for the following reason you're right um classically um what was it called it was called some fallacy the was a fallacy to believe that you can derive from the order of the world a human order, a, mm -hmm. an order of how you should act. Right. And, well, classically, it was true because it was a segregative world. Physics had nothing to do with philosophy. Philosophy had nothing to do with the art. The order of the world has nothing to do with the political order, and so on. The order of one country had nothing to do with the other. If you could, you could go there and take them and kill them. 
and it was right. Mm. And these things, um, these things changed <clears throat> um, for the following reason. If reality is a wholeness, it means we are all connected. Yes, we are different people, but we are connected. There are even mental science, psychology. Carl Gustav Jung's psychology showed that out of a realm of forms, the same ideas appear in all human minds. We are connected to this realm of forms, and he believed it, it existed in some cosmic realm. So if we are all connected, then cheating others is stupid because you're cheating yourself. Right, right. And you might say, and, and I agree, oh, you know, I've, I've known a lot of people who had millions, and they got them not the clean way. They took advantage of people, suppressed people, and cheated, and all of a sudden they had millions. But, you know, they had to pay a price, and the price was horrible. I've known several people who were very, very rich. They had to live a long, long life into their late 80s in misery, even though they had millions, because they were growing up in the morning, waking up in the morning, screaming and complaining, and they were unhappy, and they paid for it. So, so there is some that, that connection to karma. world, it Are makes you... no sense. Someone. And there is kind of that karma it's issue. To be cooperative and, and to help and to suppress. Mm. Wars are completely stupid. Well, well of course. More than that. Yeah, of course. They're against the world order. Right. And so, yeah, you have a connection. That is new. It was, it was not, like I said, it was called the fallacy by um, one of the British philosophers. You, could, you should not connect morality and, and physical order. In the quantum world, I, I don't see how you can avoid making the connection. Yeah, and, and Lothar, so, so it, there is that kind of connection with karma. What you, what you do has ramifications in the universe to come back to you one way or another. Is, is that a, a fair statement? Yeah, I'm sure you know more about that than I no, I'm just right. saying I'm kind of I'm trying to kind of connect it yeah. as a non-scientist, but one who yes. you know has that has read of that 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 when if right. you it's whatever you give thought. out in the universe is going to come back to you as part of the quantum physics. Yeah, and you might come back to this life as a louse or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's the same. No, I believe in that. I do um, believe in that. Different People, different cultures, they have found different symbols, but they say the same thing. Yes. And, and that's a very good example. Uh, thank you for bringing it up. And um, it's the same idea. But again, you know, yeah, it's one of these evolving ideas. Yes. And the aspects that we have now, they say the same thing, but they're more complex. Yes. You know, I'd like to just have you read from the uh, last, or have me read, whatever you wish. Um, we just we have just a teeny bit more time, but I thought we would read that last paragraph of your book um, and the chapter on your evolving mind. Would you like me to read it, or do you want to read it? Where it says, behind the visible surface of things? You pick. Okay, well, I'll do it. I'm right here. Behind the visible surface of things is the infinite ocean of possibility. Its waves are so beautiful and inviting. 
What a, what a wonderful world, Louis Armstrong sang about. What a wonderful life in which the playful waves in the cosmic ocean dare you, tease you, and play a game of hide-and-seek with you, all the time hoping that you will catch one and turn it into a beautiful poem, a painting, a song, or a wonderful act of human kindness. I love that. You know what that reminded me of? That, that all, all these thoughts are already out there. And that when you tap into that cosmic consciousness, right. that it comes to you and it comes through you. That's kind of what I felt. Is that what you kind of meant? It's perfect, yes. <clears throat> um, you know, but of course, you can, you can be inspired to many thoughts, but this is perfect, right? Yeah, it's, um, it's this thing, if you, a wonderful act of human kindness, put you into the order of the universe. It, it, that's the reason why it gives you a good feeling. It, it's um, great. Well, uh, so I just want to say the name of your book again. And this is by Lothar Schaefer, a wonderful professor and, and a scientist and a highly evolved cosmic conscious man. Uh, the name of the book is Infinite Potential, What Quantum Physics Reveals About How We Should Live. Thank you, Lothar, for that wonderful uh, book that you have and all the great work that you're doing. Thank you for having me. And we will talk again. Thank you, Lothar. Bye-bye. Right, thank you. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. for Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. Thanks. Expressing this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.